candlelight service on Christmas Eve, I would do my duty and go to a church that would give that to me. Am I a self-defined Christian? No, I'm not. Does the power of that tradition reside in my bones and blood? Yes, it does. As does the goodness from whatever traditions you've grown up with. Don't throw them away. It's a smorgasbord. Our responsibility is to find those pieces that nourish and to feed ourselves. Demonstrable or not, the religious truths that we choose to feed our roots do make all the difference. And I believe that choosing our religious truths is the single most important exercise of our human freedom that we ever make. All other choices pale beside religious choices. Because the old questions do not go away. Why are we here? What's it all about? What, if any, purpose is there to our lives? To anything? Does any of it make sense? Is this, is this all there is? How might my life be more fulfilling? How might I fulfill my life? What, if anything, happens when I die? There have been lots of answers to these questions over time. And there are many different answers today. And some of these answers are more true, quite frankly. And by more true, I mean they encompass a broader range of possible perspectives and other answers. But that's another sermon. The important thing to remember is that each and every one of us has found an answer a number of answers that shape and direct our daily lives. If we hadn't found a way to make some kind of sense, some pattern of it all, if we hadn't found some way to find purpose and meaning and hope in the living of our lives, we simply wouldn't be able to put one foot in front of the other to get up and do another day. We get through precisely because we have faith in something. Paul Tillich said that whether or not a person self-identifies as a theist, an atheist, a mystic, or an agnostic, that everyone has at least one God. Everyone has something that's more important to them than anything else, something to which they pledge their ultimate allegiance, something to which they would give their lives if they ever had to. And some of those gods, quite frankly, are more worthy than others. Some people dedicate their lives to the acquisition of knowledge, the creation of family or community, the pursuit of harmony, the doing of justice, creating a legacy, doing God's will. And some of us invest our lives in the acquisition of power or money or reputation or career or drugs or other addictions. They're all gods. They are 
all concepts for which people willingly can and do give their lives. Each and every one of us has our gods. Each and every one of us is literally betting our lives on the gods or goddesses that we choose to serve. And the worthiness of our chosen divinities will be known by the legacy of the lives that we leave, not the literal truth of our assertions. Martin Luther King Jr. said, unless we know what we're willing to die for, we can have no knowledge of what we're living for. What we choose to live and die for is bound up with our understanding of the nature of ultimate reality. So the first question that we each need to ask ourselves, is this universe a friendly place? Or is the Buddha's first principle, the universality of suffering, truly the core of all truth and meaning? There's evidence on every side, folks. Which are the universal truths of human nature? Greed or generosity? Altruism, self-service, hope, despair. It's not literal truth we're talking about. It's an orientation. I love the story of the riverboat pilot who is, after uncounted years on the Mississippi, someone said, well, I suppose you must know where every single rock and sandbar is. And the pilot answered, no, I don't. But I do know where the deep water is. And I've often felt that Unitarian Universalists too often work on defining our faith by bouncing off shoals and sandbars and rocks. Spiritual well-being has a lot more to do with navigating in the deep waters than it does with focusing on avoiding sandbars and shoals in life. So where are the deep waters? It will vary for people. But about a month ago, I was with um, a group um, in a program called Faithful Conversations, where we were exploring our Unitarian Universalist sources of our faith. And I pulled out a faith statement that I'd written back in 1995. And I discovered that I've been holding on. I've been holding on for a long time. I've been holding on to the Universalist truth that I learned in church. This is my personal faith statement. Some or none or all of it may work for some or none or all of you. Are we needing help? Okay. Each of us has to test the waters for ourselves. But here's what I came up with. 
Revelation's not sealed. All the data are not yet in. We don't know all the answers. We don't even know all the questions. The future is still being created, and we are part of the creative process. Therefore, what we do and what we don't do with our lives is truly of universal significance. We are part of something much greater than we can fathom. We are called to discern and obey the laws of this universal reality as they are revealed to us. Unitarian Universalist theologian Ralph Burrow reminded us that we need only look at the effects of our poor stewardship of the earth to know that the sins of the parents are truly visited upon the children unto at least the seventh generation. All of life is sacred. All of it is interconnected. The divine permeates all of being. It's both intimate and ultimately mysterious. We must each and every one of us formulate and incarnate our own faith. And we do this best through the self-correcting process of open dialogue with people who hold divergent truths. And here's my Jesus loves me. This universe manifests the mystery of life. It is our beginning, our incarnation, and our destiny. We are expected, known, and nurtured here. This is our true and appropriate home. That's my faith statement. Each of us has to test the waters for ourselves, to discover dependable channels for our lives. The sandbars shift some with changes and chances, but other people's wisdom can only provide a rough guide. In the end, we will find our own deep channels to navigate the waters of lives ourselves if we can get over being fixated on where the deep waters are not. The channels we choose will determine not only the strength of our faith, but also the amount of satisfaction and joy that we experience in life. We might rationally believe that our purpose as human beings is to invest our lives in a manner that moves us toward the creation of better people, families, homes, countries, a more just and loving universe, that's fine. Because then our feelings of accomplishment will be directly tied to those ultimate goods. Not to other things, to those. If we believe in a loving universe, our feelings of accomplishment will be tied to a belief that we are inhabiting a universe that was created for laughter and health and joy and hope. And if that's 
what's working for you, you will find deep waters in the channels and the places that engender hope rather than fear, joy rather than despair, love rather than hate, generosity rather than greed. Imagine living that way. That is not denying any other reality. It's choosing carefully where we will put our roots. Spiritual well-being has more to do with truths that we choose as being worthy of our service than it has anything else. It has to do with spiritual integrity, with integrating those truths that are worthy of our service into our daily lives. And so... That puts us in a place of being able to answer the question, how is it with your spirit? By asking ourselves how regularly we're drinking from the wellsprings and immersing ourselves in the deep waters. How intentional, how disciplined we are in matters of the spirit. Are we setting aside time for its nurture? Are we consciously and regularly expressing gratitude for the gifts of love and life? In these tumultuous times when the sandbars are closer and in new configurations, there has never been a time when it's been more important to immerse ourselves in the deep waters. Are we giving of time and resources to people and causes and institutions that nurture and promote the values that we hold? Is your spirit a generous, a happy, a wholesome spirit? Because if it's not, find the deep waters, folks. Intentionally invest your energies and your resources in those places that give meaning to life. Imagine living that way. Don't you think there are things worth holding on to? With a thousand fingers and ten thousand gripping toes? It's all too easy to lose our balance in life, folks. But there is likely no more important thing that we can do than to invest our lives in our values. We need all of us to be intentional about what we do with our emotional, our physical, our financial resources. If we are going to pilot deep waters, each of us needs to ask how well I am connected to that vision, that larger reality that does bring hope and drives out fears that lifts my heart with joy that overcomes despair, how well am I charting the deep water? Is my thirst being quenched by deep springs that call forth my love rather than my hate, that move me to generosity rather than greed? Is my life one that helps humanity quench its thirst for a happier and healthier life? We all all hunger for a glimpse of something that takes us outside ourselves and connects us with a larger reality. And the places that feed that spirit call us to say yes to life, 
Deep waters are wellsprings that call us to celebrate in the hard times, to sing praises, to stand awestruck, to be wonder-filled, and in the end, to say thank you. Imagine living that way. When you found the wellsprings that nourish, when you found those principles, those truths, those glimpses of ultimate reality, hang on, folks. Hang on for dear life. For in the end, that's exactly what each and every one of our lives depends upon.